everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And today we are doing something a little different uh, for those listening to the podcast in the audio version. And for those who might be watching me on YouTube, um, I am sans guest today for Pisces season. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of doing an on-the-fly type of program here today in my newly renovated magic room uh, just to share a little bit um, about my last week or so during all the Pluto action that we had. Uh, I have the Venus and Mars conjunctions on Pluto in my fourth house. And so where is the energy focused? Well, it was focused on my home and particularly the magic room, which has been in shambles complete shambles for quite some time, embarrassingly to say how long it's been. So I have renovated it and reclaimed its energy just in time for Pisces season. And so I am doing a broadcast from the magic room, which is exciting. Uh, So let's see here. We are going to start um, with a little overview like we normally do for the podcast uh, to see what is going on. You know, what is the broad overlapping scope of the Pisces season? Um, So I have an outline. I'm going to reference that first. Number one, talk about doing something different. Already did that. Number two, talk about how we are on the lead up to eclipse season. Who's ready for eclipse season? Ooh, a lot going on for people. I'm watching it all around me. I'm watching it in my own life. We have been in this, I don't want to say pressure cooker. For some, it could be feel like pressure cooker. Uh, some, it could feel like that, uh, that spiritual washing machine that sometimes I talk about. And that's definitely the case for Pisces season, right? We get tossed about the seas in the uh, mutable waters. But all this is in service to these Aries and Libra eclipses that we have coming up. Um, but on the path there, we have obviously... Pisces season. And man, Pisces, number three on my list. Talk about Pisces energy in the presence of Saturn and Neptune. Hmm. Well, first off, we are still in this phase where all planets are direct. And so when all planets are direct, things are moving forward. Even if we are in the seas of the the Piscean Ocean, uh, we're moving forward. That tide is going in and out, um, and our lives are progressing forward. It is Jupiter season, after all, right? Because Pisces is ruled by Jupiter. And so we have a major configuration that is on the brew with Jupiter over there in Taurus, who is now getting closer and closer and closer to Uranus and Taurus. And that is a major grand conjunction that is coming up in April, not too long after the solar eclipse that we have in Aries. So this Pisces season is even more uh, charged by that configuration. You know, let's put those two together. We got Jupiter. Just think about the archetype of Jupiter and Uranus 
having a party. You know, think about a conjunction or when any time there are two planets or more in a particular sign, but especially as they move towards each other, they're in the same room. They're they're hobnobbing. They're aware of each other's presence. And once they get to that conjunction, they are in straight up conversation. And so what does that conversation look like? Well, with Jupiter, obviously Jupiter's like, okay, it's time to grow. It's time to expand. It's time to uh, move forward. It's time to take the the wisdom and what it is we know and understand uh, about our life um, and what surrounds us and move this thing forward, right? There's, a, there's an evolutionary energy that comes not from just, not from only Jupiter, but Uranus instead, right? Because here we have the archetype that is all about uh, sudden changes and going, you know, leveling up. And leveling up is not always a pleasant experience, depending on uh, how comfortable we are at the <laughs> at the level we currently resonate on. But Uranus and Taurus has been steadily shaking us from that uh, comfort, I guess we could say, for quite some time now. So it's not anything. That's the thing with Uranus and Taurus is it does bring the sudden changes, but they're they're. I mean. I don't want to say that they don't blindside people completely out of the blue. Sometimes it does. Uh, but most of the time you're like, uh, I've felt this for some time or I kind of knew or wondered or I've wanted to do this. And then Uranus comes and is like, all right, time to level up, time to shake it up. And so Jupiter meeting Uranus is this big growth spurt that is all about innovation. And we're going to see that on the world sphere. Sphere, We're going to see it in our own lives. Um, and that's coming. So pull it back. Pull it back to Pisces season. And that is the energetic signature of the sun looking to Jupiter, who is on the move to Uranus. And then same with any other planet that is going to be in Pisces, um, which we have Mercury, which will be in Pisces starting uh, February 22nd. Um, and then we have Venus will move into Pisces on March 11th towards the end of the season. Um, but all those planets are going to be under that signature of Jupiter getting closer to Uranus. We also have Saturn in Pisces, right? We have uh, our round two of having a Pisces season with Saturn in Pisces. Um, I'm trying to remember, did we, hmm, let's pull it back a second because I need to refresh my memory of when Saturn entered Pisces last year. So that was March 7th. Yes. So we, March 7th, 2023. So we did have half of a Pisces season last year with the presence of Saturn and Pisces. But this year we get a full on uh, Saturn in Pisces, Pisces season. So what does that mean? All right. So let me bring that back here. So we're going to be feeling Saturn and Pisces energy. Uh, and especially so because we're going to have a Mercury-Sun Kazemi, which I'll show here in uh, a few minutes as we go through the charts. 
Um, but we are feeling that presence of Saturn in whatever zone Pisces is for us, right? Because the first thing we always want to look at, whether you are a seasoned astrologer or you're an astrology enthusiast that is is following along to what I'm talking about here, and you're like, how does that affect my chart? Well, we definitely want to see what uh, house is rule, what house governs Pisces, right? Especially, you know, uh, if you've watched me before, I use the whole sign system. So it's, it's Pisces is all one house. So you want to look at what house that is for you, because this is where the, all the action's going on. You're also going to be able to be aware of that Taurus house, uh, because there are going to be, you know, residuals that are playing between the Pisces and Taurus, uh, kind of sextile zone. Um, you're going to want to be aware of Aquarius because there's a lot going on there too with Mars and Venus still there and they're about to make a conjunction in the skies starting a whole new relationship cycle which is pretty pretty huge uh, and we'll be squaring a lot of that Taurus energy. So these are all areas of the chart that are going to be very lit up for everyone um, as we move to the eclipses that are more in that Aries Libra zone. So so let's just think about Pisces again as a sign because this is mutable water and it's the end of the zodiac, right? This is where the zodiac wraps up in its neat little watery bow to start again with the with Aries season, with the, the big bang <laughs> that is Aries season. And so Pisces energy, back to that concept of the spiritual washing machine, um, it, you know, a, a buzzword for Pisces is transcendence. When we're able to transcend uh, what we feel, who we are, what the last zodiacal year has looked like, uh, transcendence tends to wrap itself up in acceptance as well. That is a big part of Pisces energy is that acceptance and compassion um, and that sense of feeling at one at one with, I mean, we'll say at one with the universe, at one with all, at one with the, you know, the collective. Uh, but there is this awareness that we are part of something that is much bigger. We're part of something that is spiritually driven, right? There is almost this spiritual incubator, you know, think about mutable signs being transitionary periods. And so we have this spiritual incubator that can be happening during this Pisces season or any Pisces season for that matter. But it adds the weight of Saturn, right? It adds the weight of duty or responsibility or long-term um, dreams and visions and uh, working through maybe difficult emotions, right? Having Saturn in Pisces, which can feel everything and um, wants to merge, but maybe there's blockages there or there's boundaries or walls that have been put up that are not characteristic to what Pisces is um, normally, uh, you know, attuned to. So there can be sort of that limiting aspect to what we're going to be feeling in Pisces season uh, at the same time. But how do we open that up and take a spiritual perspective? How do we find the acceptance in that? How do we transcend maybe difficult energy so that we can feel more at one with our place 
at least at this point in our lives and for everything that has happened up until this point so that we can really fully, um, I guess I could say release the baggage or, you know, uh, repurpose the baggage or, or get context of what that looks like so that we can really step into this total, total solar eclipse in Aries that is coming here uh, shortly on April 8th, I believe. I have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the day. Uh, so we want to be ready for that. And that's what Pisces season is going to help us with. And so that being said, um, the only other one thing I want to uh, address before we get into the transits is that we start Pisces season off. Um, actually, let me go ahead and just share our transit screen here. If you are watching the video, dun, 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 Pisces season. So uh, if you're watching here um, on the, the video itself, the let me get my little trusty pin tool out. We start Pisces season with this configuration of Chiron conjuncting the North Node. Um, so we've talked about this in previous podcasts. I know Nicholas and I mentioned it uh, in the Aquarius season episode. I know that Gray and I mentioned it in the astrology of 2024. And so here I am going to message it, message mention it again because a it's on our doorstep we're feeling it and so what does that look like right when you think about the north node and it points us to this forward direction it points us to uh how we can push ourselves to uh open new doors um and especially in this aries area of our chart that might be a little unfamiliar or we might be hungry for you know you think about uh the north node and it being the dragon's head and we're, we're ravenous for it we want it but what is the chironic block that gets in the way uh, is there are there anger issues are there assertion issues are there confidence issues uh, are there issues around being spontaneous and in the moment, right? You know, think about fire being very present and uh, ready for anything, especially Aries, right? You can think about cardinal fire, which is a spark. It wants to start. So it wants to um, begin, which is interesting because a lot of people, you know, especially if you're not cardinal people, uh, you might find it hard to start things, you know, you know, no, no problem once you're in it, you have no problem, maybe transitioning, but, but getting it going, uh, and, and, and following inspiration. And if there's things that are blocking that, uh, that are within our wounds or past, uh, traumatic experiences or insecurities or, um, things that, we are still learning or have learned, but haven't fully integrated, right? You know, it's, it's so funny how we learn things and then we do it again. And you're like, ah, I already knew that. I, I've learned this lesson before. Why do I keep repeating it? This is a pattern in my life, right? How many times have you said that? This is a pattern. And so how do we bust out with our action energy, with our sense of independence and sense of um, 
enthusiasm for new beginnings and new life? How do we break out of that and move past the the wound? So that is the start of uh, Pisces season with that configura- configuration, uh, making its exact conjunction, right? Because its exact conjunction will be on, where is it in my little trusty map here? Um, February 19th. So literally the day after Pisces season begins. Now Chiron and the North Node don't move too fast. So we are, we have been feeling it for, you know, a handful of weeks now and then some, and then we'll be feeling it for a handful of weeks and then some after. So it's not anything that immediately goes away once February 19th happens, but there is this apex. There's this, you know, um, uh, there's this heat. <laughs> there's this this funnel of heat. You guys think about it like a fire blower um, or a torch that is that is lit. Yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, you know, lighting the torch for the way forward and summoning up the courage, even if uh, it doesn't feel natural to do so. So let us move on. And so we're going to start with the week of February 18th which you'll see on the screen here, which is a Sunday. And that's uh, the exact uh, ingress is February 18th, 8, 8.13 p.m. Pacific time here in San Diego. And I'm actually releasing the episode on this day. So you'll probably be listening once Pisces season has already started. But uh, hey, you know, if there's one thing that I know about Pisces energy uh, and having a Pisces South Node myself is that I always, if I know a Pisces, um, I always give them leeway to be a little late. And I, this might not be the case with all Pisces uh, people or dominated people, but there's always, <laughs> I've noticed in my life that there's, and with myself is that there's always this just rolling in uh, a little bit late. And it's the, the thing is, is that it might be late versus uh, you know, in the spectrum of time, but it's not late for the thing itself. Like, it's almost like this divine timing that happens with Pisces. And it's and I find that it's also this presence of being on time, or like the intention is to be on time. But then, oh, let me do this first. And there's this sidetracking energy that happens. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, I was supposed to leave 10 minutes ago. Anyways, that's my little spiel for me doing this last minute. But <laughs> yeah, anyways. So here we are starting Pisces season uh, for the week of February 18th. And I've already talked about that uh, Chiron North Node conjunction. Uh, but let's move on to the next thing that's happening here. got to get my software all set up. So we start everything off with actually the moon at zero degrees cancer, right? When Pisces season starts, um, that's kind of sweet, little watery, watery trine with the, the sun and the moon there. Actually, the trine will happen in Gemini and Aquarius, but right before uh, that moves in, we have this sun moon uh, harmony relationship. So it's almost like we kind of uh, intellectually ease into Pisces season and then the emotional side hits us, you know. So 
The next big thing that really happens in the sky this week for the week of February 18th is... Um, do, 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 is Venus and Mars getting closer and closer together. So we're going to have our Venus-Mars conjunction um, on February 21st here, which is going to be Wednesday. And I know Nicholas and I talked about a lot about this in the last podcast episode for Aquarius season. Uh, but this is a big, big aspect taking place. Uh, and I'm just going to highlight our Venus, Mars, and that Pluto action there. And I'm also going to highlight Jupiter and Uranus. Now, the reason being here is that the uh, Venus and Mars are going to conjunct at six degrees of Aquarius for a whole two-year cycle of, of our relationship planets coming together, um, which is big in the relational world. Uh, but they will do so and then immediately both go on to make squares to Jupiter and then squares to Uranus. So this is a big theme for Pisces season itself is the relationship planets having this new congealing moment, this new cycle beginning. And then there's these pushes for growth um, and these pushes for liberation and change and innovating uh, action energy and um, relational energy and, you know, social energy. And it is in what I was referring to in previous programs as this bridging the gap, right? We're bridging the gap between the Jupiter-Uranus energy that is coming and the relationship planets are doing that right now. So, and, you know, Pisces season, Pisces is a very relational sign, right? It wants to merge. It wants to connect. It, it wants to, uh, you know, it could, it could be dependent upon being close to uh, people, and so there is a big relational and social theme that is going to be during Pisces season, but even more so because of the Jupiter, um, excuse me, the Venus-Mars conjunction and then that, the ramping up with Jupiter and Uranus. Now, if you look here with the chart too, last week before Pisces season started, just a recap, we had Venus and Mars go over uh, as they entered Aquarius go over conjunctions with Pluto and Aquarius. And that was big news. I mean, that was that was felt uh, very viscerally for some people where, um, uh, you know, some very possibly difficult news arrived at their doorstep or difficult situations um, or things being drudged up and these instinctual feelings and these past things or things that have been buried or under the rug that haven't been dealt with. And all of a sudden now they're in your face because it's, you know, people are detached enough to be like, okay, this is, this is how it is. You know, there's a coolness to deliver some intensity. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's things like me making this magic room, uh, back in action where before there was, all this, you know, resistance or the time and the energy wasn't there yet. But then something for me was like, I, you know, the drive was focused with that Mars and Pluto. And then I was decorating during Venus and Pluto. I also lost one of my, uh, uh, my mirror. I had this gorgeous um, black and gold uh, mirror with this lady, super Venus, right? She's this lady holding a 
a martini on the Gold City skyline. And the night before Venus-Pluto conjunction, in the middle of the night, we wake up to this like super loud crash. And we both look at each other and we're like, what was that? And, you know, reluctant to get up because you're half groggy, but you can't ignore it either because what the hell was that kind of thing? So we all get up and we're all walking around. I couldn't really find anything. It wasn't until the morning that I came out and then I saw her and she was shattered. This vintage mirror that, oh, I just loved so much. But it was Venus Pluto. Like I, I watched it like because sometimes that's how astrology works. Like it, it doesn't always mean that, you know, your relationship is is combusting in some way. It could literally be like something like that. An aesthetic piece of art with this gorgeous female figure that I loved died, <laughs> you know, <laughs> basically I had to have uh, my partner put it in the trash because I didn't have the heart, but she wasn't, she was not coming back from that one. So that all being said, we have this massive lead up to this uh, Venus Mars conjunction, which is going to start this whole new cycle. Um, so look at the Aquarius area of your chart. Uh, look at how that meeting uh, affects your your drive and your motivation and your desires, what you desire to do uh, and how you move towards it, because that's a very basic way of kind of putting Venus and Mars together. That's not relationally speaking, right? Because Venus is that sense of attraction, what we're attracted to, what we desire, um, what we want to create. How do we move towards it? That's Mars, right? But also with relational energy, what is that that house and that zone for you in your chart? And how is that affecting your relationships? Um, how can you grow your relationships in that area? How can you um, reform and uh, innovate, right? We think about Aquarius. What are maybe there were um, old stuck ways of looking at that area of the chart. And now there's, you know, creative solutions and trying new things that can come up because there is going to be that push from Jupiter there um, that is at the end of this week. So let's move on. So midweek, we have this conjunction taking place. And before, actually, before I move on, we got to keep in mind that we have the moon in Leo at this point exactly opposing. So uh, Wednesday night, we have, we are going to get a taste of Venus, Mars, and Jupiter on Wednesday night here, especially in um, the United States, because if, if you're in Europe or elsewhere, it's going to be on that probably Thursday morning. But we're going to get a real, uh, a real bird's eye view, I guess we could say, of these fixed houses, uh, these fixed signs. And we are on the lead up to a full moon, right, in Virgo that's coming. So midweek is going to be very charged in the relational department, in the creative department, in the uh, the what does the future look like? Where's my heart at? What you know? Where am I personally, and how am I socially within uh, you know bigger you know collectives or groups? Um, where am I in the moment, and where am I in the future? You know these types of things. So let's clear our screen here, move on. Okay, so we're moving on through the week. And so the next thing that happens is we actually have Mercury that is going to move into uh, Pisces on February 22nd. So I'm a little ahead here. 
Uh, but that's okay. I'm a little head on our screen. We're looking at Friday, but if you can see, actually, let me go ahead and um, that's funny that I got it at the exact moon opposition to Mercury here. So actually, you know what? I'm going to, I am just going to lump all this together here with our full moon because we have a full moon coming Saturday early in the morning, but I think we can sort of sum up this area of time from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So let us get our little happy trio now in Pisces. Uh, we've got Mercury, the sun, and Saturn getting closer together, and then we have this full moon in Virgo. So let's first talk about Mercury in Pisces. So Mercury and Pisces, if you know anything about rulership, <laughs> Mercury is a little challenged in Pisces. Um, if you want to look at it just from a, 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 on a functional state of like what Mercury is, right? It doesn't mean there's not brilliance uh, and just wonderful things that come out of Mercury and Pisces, especially uh, for its natives. But when we are like when we're doing the analytical, chalking it all up, we do have a Mercury that's in detriment and fall at the same time. So why is that? I mean, if we think about Mercury just in general, Mercury selects, right? Mercury can pick out things. Mercury uh, it has this logical component, um, has this fast sort of uh, maybe like mercurial trickster energy. And in Pisces, this is a little different. This is an imaginal space. This is a dream uh, space. This is an emotional space. You know, this is not rational logic. Um, this is visionary. This is getting information because a song comes into our head. This is uh, seeing an image flash before your eyes. Uh, this is when you fully understand something and you can't put it into words per se. <laughs> and if you do so, it's like, <laughs> too many words come out, right? Um, or you can, I, I like think about the circling the drain uh, where you're trying to say something and you're trying to say it in so many ways, but it's just not either the message isn't quite coming across or it's just being repeated. So let's call that the circling the drain. So all this said, I do like, I actually personally really like Mercury and Pisces because it's a very creative headspace. And so how can we be in this creative headspace and use this as kind of these visionary clues, um, but also be in aware that sometimes the subjectivity or the idealism that comes in with this particular placement uh, has to be... <laughs> I guess we say it has to be Saturnized a little bit, right? And I think that might help with the fact that, you know, all these planets in Pisces are ruled by that Jupiter and Taurus. Taurus is very practical. Taurus is grounded down to Earth. So luckily there is this, this practicality and this density and this weight um, that comes through this mercurial visionary spot, right? If, if you know, really I kind of like this a lot because it's it's that got that Jupiter Uranus signature. And it's not thinking like you normally do. It's not 
it's attuned to something higher, right? I, it really makes me think that there is a, a high chance of sort of divine messaging coming down where you just get that download. Maybe it happens in a dream. Maybe it happens while you're asleep. Maybe it happens in a daydream. Maybe it's you open a book um, to a random page, you know, in the bibliomancy and you just get a message. Maybe you see a billboard and it's just got that synchronicity that clicks something in you that is higher minded or more, yeah, this more spiritual sort of oriented, like almost like something is sending you a message. Because we are at this very potent, potent space like that I've been talking about before. This is this transcendent period, the spiritual washing machine that is prepping us for the Aries energy that is coming with the eclipses. So what better time to receive the right sign, so to speak? So this is my spiel on Mercury and Pisces here, but you can see in the chart that Mercury is getting very close to the sun uh, and Saturn. And so there's a Kazemi that is underway. So we're still, so that's really kind of the shift that takes place on Thursday uh, and Friday. And then we get to this Saturday full moon in Virgo at five degrees and 23 minutes of Virgo, which will happen at 4.30 a.m. Pacific time on February 24th on that Saturday. And so here we have this opposition taking place where, you know, how do we sort out the vision? How do we piece it out? How do we make it practical? Like I always think about a full moon in Virgo is it's almost like we can take like the vision and then make the like the outer world transitions that need to happen in like the physical space, right? Because it's a, a full moon is a culmination um, or a celebration, so to speak. Uh, or when we are lit up, right? Because something's at its peak amount of energy and light about what really needs to shift in the physical world in order for these transitions and this transcendence in this new you to uh, arrive, right? So how do we clear house? How do we clean out clutter? It could be really literal in the sense of we just need to clear out the clutter, clear out our spaces, clear out our emotions, clear out our um, our bodies and sort of like a detox, you know, whatever that looks like to you. And just be very aware of, uh, you know, how we can purify um our physical realities so that we can meet the the spiritual demands. I guess what I want to say with Saturn and Pisces, the spiritual demands of what needs to be done or taken responsibility for, because that's the whole nature of this uh, full moon is it's going to essentially uh, oppose Mercury oppose the sun and then oppose Saturn. So it's like we get that we get the download, we get all the action, we get the message that arrives, you know, we become aware of it and then we have to show up and do the Saturn part. Um, so I'd like to think of this as a very productive full moon um, in the sense that it moves the right pieces around, or at least we know what pieces need to move around. Um, and because it's going to then go on to trine Jupiter just immediately after on Saturday, there is just this sense of 
uh, doing, you know, showing up in the physical space to do what must be done for the growth and the next chapter to happen. Because then the moon, uh, if we look and go forward a day, get my cursor here. On Sunday, we wrap out the week with a trying to Uranus as well. So, so there is this, uh, you know, move, move the physical pieces around, move the, uh, clear it out, uh, donate stuff, right? That's a very Piscean Virgo thing. What, you don't need it anymore? It's taking up your space? Well, donate it to charity. Give it to someone who can use it. Pass it along. So I like this weekend for um, TC being and also just understanding on a very practical nuts and bolts basis of where we're going, what spiritual energy is kind of soothing us, but soothing us in a way that is pushing us to show up too. Cause you can't, you know, Saturn, Saturn pushes you to show up. That's, you can't really get past it. And if you don't show up, that's when sometimes we can find ourselves in, in, in areas of depression. And that's a possibility too. You know, we think about the perfectionism of Virgo energy um, and maybe things aren't going quite that way, uh, the way that you wanted. And rather than, you know, cause it all comes down to perspective and the mind, right? That's a Virgo full moon. Uh, it's ruled by that Mercury and Pisces, which is in detriment and fall. So what is the, what is the real that you're playing in your head? What is the, is this a martyr victim role? You know, um, and then you start to get depressed about where you're at rather than taking, you know, feeling the limitations of that Saturn. Or is it more of this dreamy role where it's like, okay, well, this is the reality of my life, but I'm dreaming this and I want to change and I'm going to do the work to, to make it happen. Right. So these are all, um, potential scenarios. So once again, we'll look at where Virgo is in your chart and Pisces and that access, and you're going to know what's going to be lit up uh, and then supported by the Taurus area of your chart. So let's move on. Uh, actually, we already at the, uh, I'm going to change my little thing to the week of February 25th. I guess I probably should have done that earlier. Uh, that's okay. Um, all these little things to, all these little things to do. So, so we already started this next week here with our Virgo just coming off that full moon and getting that Uranian action. And so this following week really leads us into those uh, Venus, Mars, Jupiter squares that I was talking about before. So actually, let's move the chart forward um, to, oh, well, back it up, back it up. There's so many pieces going on, right, that uh, the full moon that I was just looking at prior was actually on, on the 24th. It was actually the day that Venus squares uh, Jupiter. So that weekend, we have this relational energy that is meeting the push forward that is Jupiter, the innovation, right? That kind of Uranus energy that is getting even more present. 
So I'm going to amend uh, and add to the, uh, the, well, let me collect my thoughts here because kind of what I was saying before about depending on where you're at with relationships, where you're at with yourself and like on a, like on a harmonious uh, level, on a creative level, because there is this push for growth. There's a growth spurt that's happening around relationships, around our creative energies, around our concept of what is valuable in our life and what is worth it and what is not. And we're getting that push from Jupiter. And but at the same time, we're very analytical and piecing things out and having the spiritual component. So there is sort of this turning point that is happening, especially after Venus going through the Plutonian energy from the, you know, a couple of weeks prior to now this push from Jupiter. So just to reiterate uh, that that is taking place and I had overlooked it, even though um, it is it is definitely a big big piece in the sky. So now let's move forward. So Venus is moving forward here and uh, Mars is not far behind. So let us get to February 27th, which is Tuesday, which is Mars day, right? And so that is the day that we're going to have Mars make the square to Jupiter. Uh, And so if Venus was calling us to the Jupiter mission. Mars follows up with the action. Take a drink of water here. But here's the thing. (laughs) Venus and Jupiter together, especially in a square, can have us go, uh, you know, there could be too much of a good thing. Or we can uh, tend to overdo it there. I don't know as much when we're looking at Aquarius energy and then the fact that there's Virgo full moon. um, If we'll go too overboard with the Venus Jupiter. Um, But do watch your sweets, you know, don't don't take that extra. Don't eat the whole brownie tray. Don't (laughs) if you don't have to. But Mars and Jupiter is kind of a different story because. They. We can definitely, we want to move forward, right? There is this sense of like what wherever we are at, if we feel stuck, uh, Mars is going to have this fixed kind of mindset and this fixed ideal and this um, just drive to really push something forward. And with Jupiter, Jupiter loves to expand, right? So we might think <clears throat> that we're like, it's can have this, <clears throat> excuse me, it's all or nothing sort of vibe or overextending ourselves in some way. So an in, in, insane enthusiasm or insane righteousness too, right? Where you're like, I'm totally, I'm totally right about this and I'm going to move forward no matter what. And there's a, can be a very stubborn quality to this like push that's happening. So I guess what I'm saying, um, especially since we also see here, especially on February uh, 27th on that Tuesday, we see we have a Libra moon that's conjuncting the South Node. And so once again, we are not far from eclipses happening. So if we're going to have the moon contacting the nodes, especially uh, 
you know, this is kind of the precursor to the lunar eclipse that is coming in Libra here uh, at the end of um, March. We, you know, there is this sense of relational focus going on, but there's also the Martian energy of the me, the I, the, uh, you know, the I within the we with the Aquarius uh, and this push forward. So watch for overextending yourself, watch for, you know, being very righteous about something uh, or things just blowing up, especially over ideals or stubbornness or holding on to things that really Jupiter is like, eh, you know, do you really need that anymore? Um, because we are in Pisces season, right? Everything is, we are in this space of transcending and, and moving along uh, so that we can get to that Aries energy. I'm just going to reiterate that as many times as I can during this broadcast, especially if you're like me and you got that cancer energy and you're like, oh, but I'll just keep this one thing or, oh, I don't know if I want to, <laughs> maybe I could use it. Uh, very mundane example, but is this, no, let's move on. So that is definitely happening there. And this is a lead up to just the next day. Because if you see, you see what's happening over here, Mercury and the sun and Saturn are getting very close to one another. So this is all happening at the same time too. We're having this Mercury superior uh, Kazemi with the sun and it's sitting in the heart of the sun and it's going to be sitting in the heart of Saturn. But we're having our sun-Saturn conjunction at the same time too. So there is this very, very much this awareness. It's so interesting. It's almost like if we go overboard with the Mars Jupiter on February 27th, it's like February 28th when that Kazemi happens, we will know right away if we've extended our ourselves. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and move this to Wednesday here on February 28th. Yeah, and this is close enough. Um, so once again, let's look at our Sun, Mercury, Saturn piece. So when we got the moon in Libra that day, so the moon actually isn't like we're going to really feel this, even though it's not exact during the full moon in Virgo, that's prior in that weekend, just because the moon is going to be lighting up this impending conjunction that's taking place. Um, but there is something about the Pisces area of your chart that is going to come online intellectually, right? You're going to understand this area of your chart. You're going to you're going to know the framework. You're going to know the boundary. You're going to know the limitations. You're going to know the plan. Um, there is this sobering quality, uh, and sobering is not always fun, but it also can be when when we're sober, we take care of business because we're more clear-minded, we're more um, attuned to what we want to take ownership of and authority over. I'm, for people that might be struggling with certain um, uh, addictive qualities, whether that's substance abuse or certain behavioral uh, addictions, I feel like this would be a 
sort of that, I don't want to say come to Jesus moment. <laughs> That's very cliche, but, but it could be a, a, the turning point that's needed um, intellectually to make uh, changes to and to sober up certain Pisces energies and, and get in line there. Because this is the midway point of the Mercury cycle, right? When it has the superior ju- conjunction with the sun, it's sort of what we liken to the uh, full moon of the sun and Mercury together. So whatever happened uh, when we had the conjunction, uh, the superior or the inferior conjunction back when Mercury was in actually on the solstice, right? Because we had the inferior conjunction at zero degrees of Capricorn, right when Capricorn season started. So this is that midway point of the sun-Mercury cycle where everything that we've explored and learned since that solstice point in Capricorn, now it recedes with the Saturn energy in Pisces. And then we're going to move on to then sort through it and and do that kind of waning energy um, and the working with what we've already gathered and what we can do with that until we do have the retrograde that happens in Aries, actually during uh, eclipse season. So this is a very potent time for the Sun, Mercury, and Saturn all combined. And honestly, it's a very intriguing and somewhat rare configuration to be taking place. So um, definitely be on the lookout for February 28th. Uh, And we do have a February 29th, right? Because it is leap year. Uh, So how, how fun, a rare combination while we have leap year, right? Because yeah, the next day, on, on leap day, on leap day, we have a Scorpio moon that is going to be training that configuration. So we're going to get a watery look into, even though it's moving on, you know, Mercury's moving on there, but Sun, Saturn, still all there. Some combusty zones happening with both Mercury and Saturn with the Sun. So um, we do have to be uh, a little, um, I don't want to say cautious, it's a Saturn word, but just aware, aware of what's going on, especially if we have, you know, kind of emotions that come up. Scorpio moons can always be emotionally intense. It's just the nature of it. But what is Scorpio moon also? It is very, um, it just allows us to come to that place within ourselves, especially from an emotional standpoint where we just want to change and we're ready to do what needs to be done so that we can heal and move on, right? You know, Scorpio and Pisces together can have immense healing properties. So after everything that's happened with the relationship planet squaring Jupiter this week, and then that Sun, Mercury, Saturn moment, it's like Thursday and Friday both, we get to this... um, place where we can really access easily what is churning within us and these emotional uh, components that are taking place that can hopefully help us um, heal certain energies to do that work, kind of like that deep dive work. And um, yeah, turn, turn the corner, turn the emotional and spiritual page. All right, so let's see what is next here on our list. 
That day, too, on Leap Day, on February 29th, um, we also have uh, Mercury. Mercury has gotten to the point where it's sextiling Jupiter. So this gives us an opportunity to, you know, process uh, and integrate some of the Jupiter action, especially that probably took place with the relationship planets earlier in the week. Um, and we're in sort of this space, you know, Mercury just came off the sun and Saturn and it like knows its limitations. It wants, you know, it knows what needs to be done, um, knows what the long term looks like. And now it kind of gets this space where it's like, all right, well, how can I move practical elements of my life, this Taurus energy. Um, how can I look at it from at a broader scope? How can I, what do I need to learn? You know, this would be a wonderful time to learn something new um, uh, that you may be just committed to. And so what is it that I can learn? Um, and how can I look at my life from a broader viewpoint, but not in the sense that it's like delusional or totally idealistic because there's Saturn's presence there. But it's almost like it's almost like we can be the most creative we can possibly be when we have a framework to work within. That's such a crucial part of creativity. It's like if there's too much space, if there's too much openness, um, it, it can be hard for things to congeal together. So the limitations of Saturn and Pisces are actually wonderful for that Jupiter energy to then come in and be like, okay, well, I know I can work within this box. Well, how do I aspect all the pieces of that box and put that Jupiter um, broadened, more abstract perspective to work. And especially in a very practical sense of, you know, what we see, feel, you know, five senses, energy, taste and touch in, um, in our reality. So that is happening. We also have Venus sextiling the North Node. Um, I mean, a sextile of the North Node, I don't know how important that is, but you can you can feel that out that day, see if it speaks to you. Now, further on with that weekend, as we move to March 1st, the next day on that Friday, we have um, the sun. So basically, we have this train. I guess I could have added this on with what I was just talking about. We have this train where now the sun is sextiling Jupiter. But think about that. Now we're at this place with Mercury um, being in an evening star phase. Let me get my pencil tool back up. Oh, there we go. And so Mercury is going to be the feeler to all the transits now before the sun gets there. It's one thing to have, you know, the morning star phase, we get the sun and we get the awareness of it. And then we could piece through it with Mercury once Mercury meets after. But now Mercury leads the charge. So sometimes we get things or we think things or we get information and it might take a second to process it because the sun has to then follow up to get that awareness to, you know, shine that that light and that spotlight um, over it, after it. So there's the there's this accent. This is a doorway to Jupiter <laughs> right after the conjunction to Saturn that takes place. So I think we're going to be an optimistic headspace, really. And so it's interesting that we're in optimistic headspace for for a couple reasons, because 
we are going to move on. Um, let me get my thing back up here. We're going to move on to the week of March 3rd. And March 3rd in particular. So let me go ahead and change my little text here. March 3rd. So let's get our do do do. So March 3rd, I've already said it so many times, it's got to be important, right? <laughs> this is what we have. We have Venus. Well, actually, let me redraw that here. We have we have Venus, but I'm just going to put Venus and Mars in here together because this is a big part of this week. Squaring Uranus. So all that relational work, all, you know, all that those creative things that we've been coming to, all that uh, that value reorienting, um, the aesthetic, you know, we've been playing with now hits this liberation point. And so this is always interesting relationally when Venus squares Uranus, but to have Venus square Uranus and then Mars do it shortly after, there that is a, it's a heck of a signature. Um, because this is an invitation <laughs> to liberate yourself from other people. If relationships aren't working um, or you want to do them differently, you know, this is the time to liberate, to innovate. Uh, this is also the time to take space. If you need space from from someone or something, uh, this is the time for your own balance and your own sense of harmony to be like, you know what? Uh, this is weighing me down and I need some time to myself to fully think and integrate this and see the bigger picture, right? So there is this component on March 3rd, and especially with the moon also in Sagittarius, you know, there's going to be uh, this, it's also very, you know, Sagittarius is very freedom oriented sign. So we just might need to take space from other people, or we might be adventurous where there, you know what, we've been in a rut and we always do this. And I really want to go on a little adventure or to, uh, you know, just do something you haven't done before. This is the opportunity to do it this weekend, uh, especially March 3rd. But the fact that there's all this Uranian energy, because it's not just this Venus and Mars, it's also uh, Mercury. If you see Mercury here, over at 17 degrees of Pisces. I don't know how that got thicker there. Let's <laughs> um, figure that out. That is also, Mercury is also sextiling into Uranus. So we, we are full on attuned to Uranus here this week. And so that is about changes. That is about freeing up energy. That is about innovation and leveling up. It's about evolution. Um, that's about rearranging pieces of your life. It's about taking space. That's about individualism. So we are going to start to see our lives from a different and our relationships and just our headspace from a different point of view that might not be our usual one. And that's not a bad thing because once again, if we need to get out of certain ruts or life is asking us to change and we might be stubborn about it, well, 
Uranus comes in to be like, well, let's look at it from this angle, or how about envision it like this, or think about the possibilities. Um, or maybe you wanted to be free the whole time and you didn't even realize it till that moment, right? So that is a big signature this week, uh, is this Uranian action. And so let's go on to actually a few days later to March. Doo, 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 doo. So a little later in the week, um, actually, let me just point out Tuesday and Wednesday, March 5th and 6th, because that is these are going to be days where we have that Capricorn moon and we're getting to the. Um, well, I guess let me back up, let me back up, let me back up. Let me just state that Sunday, that same day that we have Venus squaring Uranus, we also have uh, we also have the last quarter moon in Sagittarius. So we always know that there's a turning point and it's going to light up once again that Saturn, Sun, Mercury configuration. So March 3rd has a lot of intriguing energy to it that has a lot of square zones. Um, So there might be a lot of tension. There might be a lot of activity that can absolutely happen. We're getting out of our comfort zone, uh, but we're also laying down this new set of what boundaries and long term looks like. So let me... Fast forward us again, because I did want to point that out. So Tuesday and Wednesday, we get that Capricorn moon that's going to trine. It's going to sextile the Pisces. It's going to trine the Taurus. So this feels like midweek, we're kind of getting our groove with all this. Um, And we want to move forward. We want to do the practical things. We can start to move pieces around. Uh, We can reach out and get things moving. Um, not in a sense of just starting something. It could be a lot of wrapping up because we are at the end of the, the lunar cycle. You know, things are starting to get a little darker. And so we're turning a corner. But what we wrap up and take care of might be in service to the bigger shifts and changes that are happening. So just a um, little FYI with that. But let us move to March um, 7th, or actually March 8th. Yes. So March, March, well, March 7th and 8th, we're going to have the moon in Aquarius. So we're going to light up that Pluto. We're going to light up Venus. We're going to light up Mars. But especially, um, well, I guess we could say, especially late at night, March 7th, that Thursday, I have the chart set for March 8th right now, but I'm just going to just caveat or March 8th if you're over in Europe because you'll feel that. But we can see that. um, I wonder how do I get this back to. uh, I don't understand what this is doing. I want a thicker circle. Oh, there we go. Got it. Got it. Okay, so. We got the moon crossing over Mars right as it prepares to square Uranus. So this is that Thursday, Friday sort of has a combustible moment where the Mars Uranus energies come to a head. Uh, And you might this is where you might, you know, just 
really want to shake something up, move to the next level, uh, do what has to be done. This is when you can be delivered some sort of news where all of a sudden something changes um, that maybe you knew was coming or maybe you didn't. And now things are shifting. So there's this wild card energy that's at the end of the week of March 3rd. So especially from the March 7th and March 8th. So be prepared for that, but also use it in your advantage because if there's parts of you that you've been wanting to uh, move that have been a little stagnant or stuck, you know, we also have the sun at the same time. The sun is sextiling Uranus. So it's like Mars is challenged by that energy of freedom and liberation and, and innovation and doing things differently. But the sun understands, right? Maybe from a spiritual perspective, the Pisces sun understands that that's part of it, right? You know, even though your, your energy, your action energy is challenged to do it, like there's just a general understanding of that's the only, maybe the only way forward. Because it's not only the sun sextiling Uranus at this time, it's also, look at Mercury, Mercury is conjunct Neptune. So here's the thing. We can be really spiritually minded right now and we have to kind of get in this logical space with our action energy that makes the changes. We can also be in, um, to quote, uh, I guess, oh God, I, well, the term Delulu. I heard that recently. Delulu about being uh, delusional. There can also be a little bit of that going on right now, too, where are we fully thinking clearly? Are we just being idealistic or in a dream or do you know, and now we're, you know, stubbornly in this space where we are going to do this and say this and be, you know, this individualistic sort of energy, especially with Mars and Aquarius squaring Uranus and Taurus. And we're not might not be thinking clearly. It, that's the beauty of a mutable season. Which is it? Is it a little bit of both? Who knows? But there's something about this this time period in this weekend um, that we have to be <sighs> conscientious of, right? You know, especially Mars Uranus, we can just pop off. We just pop off, explosion, like... You know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on in the world, most likely. That's, you know, because we're leading up to Jupiter Uranus. So any of these Jupiter and Uranus configurations are playing out a bigger story that has that turnaround around April 20th. But we're in this catalytic sort of moment. So um, just be very conscientious of what you're doing, why you're doing it. Is it in service to the higher good? Is it service to the higher self? Is it in service to your vision or your dream? Um, and it is uh, necessary, right? You think about Taurus. Is it necessary? These are the questions we want to ask, especially March 8th, March 7th, 8th, and 9th. So let us move on here. Clear our screen. So... March 9th, actually, we have, that is when the sun perfects that. Actually, well, I guess I was a little ahead because I had the, that's what was going on. I had the Aquarius moon 
going. So now look at this whole Pisces setup. So March 9th, that's Saturday. The moon is now in Pisces. It's conjuncting Saturn. It's going to get ready for that new moon uh, that happens on March 10th, the, the following day. So we're in this very balsamic dark phase, right? And we have Mars squaring Uranus. So that is this is going to be a signature. It's going to be a separating signature, but it's going to be a signature in the Pisces new moon. So keep that in mind that much like the Aquarius new moon that was had the luminaries squaring Uranus and we had had this lunar cycle that was very catalytic for the energy changing and moving forward. That was the awareness of it, right? Mars is the action of it. And so this is that a big point of that new moon that's coming. But, you know, hold my drink for that one. We're going to talk about the day before because we got that Pisces moon. We have the Mars Uranus. We have the Sun Uranus. And we also have Mercury moving into Aries that that day, Um which you can't see in this particular chart, but it's going to happen later on at 8.02 p.m. And yeah, that is, um, talk about a balsamic, introspective, reflective, what am I doing? Where's the energy going? So really sit with this, right? It's a Pisces moon. We might not have a lot of energy, but there is this, what is that term? Um, tired but wired, right? You know, Mars, Uranus together. There's a sense of restlessness. There's a sense of thinking about the Furies, right? You know, something's in you and you're like, you're just kind of like twitching a little and you know, it's got a, got a shift, but it's also in this very sort of hermity, reflective, creative, void-like space. And so really sit with that on March 9th because March 10th, let's move on to, um, I'm going to move on to our exact new moon here on that Sunday. I'm also going to uh, change our little text here to the week of March 10th. If you're watching the video. Okay. So we got our new moon. We got our new moon in Pisces at 20 degrees um, I don't know why it, that's interesting. It's not quite calculating the exact, uh, new moon. Let me get this back up. There we go. Huh? Sometimes the, the chart just doesn't work. All right. So we have our new moon at 20 degrees and 16 minutes of Pisces. Let me go ahead and just circle this here. You can see it's in proximity to Neptune too, um, which obviously we have a a uh, Sun-Neptune conjunction that is coming here. We're also bridging the gap between Saturn and Neptune. We talked about this, Gray and I talked about this on the podcast for the year, how uh, that's the next big conjunction, uh, grand conjunction that happens after Jupiter-Uranus will be Saturn and Neptune uh, in zero degrees Aries. So there's a lot of this bridging of the gap going on. Anyways, <clears throat> let me take a drink of water. Need It's Pisces season, so drink all the water. Keep yourself hydrated. Okay, so 
20 degrees, 16 minutes, Pisces. Do you have something there? Or do you have something at mutable signs around 20 degrees? If so, this is going to be a dynamic cycle for you. You can also see that we have Mercury as at the zero degrees of Aries. So talk about a shift. When Mercury moves from Pisces to Aries, like this is one of the most dramatic shifts in the Zodiac, right? Where it's like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, um, I mean, it kind of has a Phoenix vibe to it, right? You know, you just combust into flames and now you're just, you know, refreshed into this new energy. I think it also could have like sort of a, um, yeah, like a spontaneous combustion sort of energy, but the mind is going to be fixated on the new. Aries loves new beginnings. Aries is enthusiastic for what could be and where the adventure is and, and having this courageous mindset. Um, it's no more of like, oh, I'm in this emotional space, or maybe I've felt like I've you know, sometimes, sometimes Pisces can feel a little hopeless or helpless or like kind of that victim consciousness. But having our <clears throat> having our headspace in the Aries domain, um, that that is uh, that is a different ballpark, right? Because not only is Mercury in that uh, that Aries zone. Let me get a better draw on this. Get our Sun, Saturn, or Sun, Moon, and Neptune. And so this Mercury in Aries, right? Who rules Aries? Good old Mars. So Mars, as we know, is getting off a sec or a square with Uranus. And really, so is the Sun. So the luminaries are now in a supportive position with Uranus, where the Aquarius cycle was not so much the case. That was very catalytic. And uh, I don't want to say it wasn't supportive because a lot of things can happen to help us move on and get things done and get to the next level. But it has a lot more tension where the luminaries were were more, uh, you know, just aware of what that Uranian energy looks like and what it is we need to do and how we need to level up. But my whole point was that Mercury in Aries is now ruled by that Mars in Aquarius that's squaring Uranus. So think about where our mindset is going to be at on March 10th, on that Sunday, when we have that new moon, which happens at 1 a.m. Pacific time. So most of us are going to be sleeping here in North America, but we're going to wake up in this different headspace. Um, and it could be a really dreamy sort of day just because obviously the moon um, will take some time to go over uh, Neptune uh, throughout the day. Uh, but once it moves in to Aries, let me just get a, uh, let me just see when that happens. So we have the, scroll around the chart here. So we got that moon Neptune about mid-afternoon on March 10th. So it's like we're not going to push right out the gate. It's still we're in this dreamy space. But really, the next day on that Monday, um, we are going to have that Aries moon. And we're going to have a precursor, essentially, to the Aries energy that is coming with the eclipses, right? 
So we're getting closer and closer to the end of uh, Pisces season. We're on the, the last leg here. And there's not a whole lot that takes place until we get to the Aries equinox. Um, so we'll just touch on a few more things before wrapping up here. But we are getting that Aries vibe. Uh, we get that moon north node conjunction on that Monday on March 11th. So we're kind of in this zone. Um, we're under a spiritual cycle uh, with that Pisces energy and we're moving ever so closely. The sun is moving to Neptune and that's going to happen on March 17th later in the week. But before we get there, two things are happening, actually. Um, on Actually, on the Sunday Right as we're in sort of this liminal space with the moon and Neptune uh, meeting, we also have Mercury sextiling Pluto. And I like this because this gets us back on board with the Pluto and Aquarius mission. And now we're in this enthusiastic, I'm ready for changes. I'm ready for what's next. I'm ready for new beginnings. And it's almost like there's a fixation there. Um but in a way that can be helpful and that can be um, pushed past things that might have been, um, you know, murky or uh, difficult, emotionally difficult. Maybe there's an understanding of some of the energy that happened when the, uh, you know, because Mercury, Venus and Mars all made conjunctions with Pluto and now we have Mercury being the first planet other than the moon to be in this supportive space to kind of integrate what that those changes look like um, and that, that kind of purification process that we're experiencing. So the next thing to really happen is um, on, I don't know if I have the right date here, but let me just confirm. Actually, that March... Is it March 10th? March 11th? So on that Monday, let me just go back here. On that Monday, um, well, let me step the chart. Bear with me if you're listening to this on the podcast. Uh, we have Venus moving in to Pisces. So that's going to happen on March 11th on that Monday. And so we're happy with Venus and Pisces, right? She's in an exalted state. She does have some things to go through, right? She is going to meet Saturn, which um, is not, yeah. So it's interesting being as exalted, but uh, also like just being aware, uh, like I said earlier in the program, being of the presence in the room and the presence of Saturn. And, but luckily, you know, Venus and Saturn are friends by a traditional uh, standpoint. You know, we, like relationships that last and that we can depend on, right? But there is this Venus um, exalted energy uh, coming in. And so this is wonderful for uh, coming together with other people and being in more of a compassionate headspace or heart space, should I say, um, being in a creative space, if you want to bring some um, energy and form to these dreams and to these visions, uh, she is a wonderful ally in the creative world. Um, there's just a softer way of connecting where in Venus in Aquarius is a little more cold and detached uh, and might need that space where Venus in Pisces is a little is more warm and, and merging and connected. 
um, and uh, I, I don't know why I say vulnerable, um, but that's coming up for some reason. So we have this Venus in Pisces and um, I like it, but it's not, it doesn't come with um, a totally free ride, right? Because we do have the Saturn energy and we do have the Neptune energy that is coming too. So Monday, we're going to get that shift of Venus and let us then move on to really the next thing that happens uh, is around the 17th and the 18th. So we got the moon in Taurus about midweek. Then we got the moon in Gemini from on Friday and Saturday. And so Sunday here, Sunday when we have that Cancer moon that's going to be trining all the Pisces planets, we have two things happening. We have, um, let me get my pin out here. We have the sun. Oh, come on, give me that pin. We got the sun making the conjunction to Neptune. And we got Mercury who is approaching a conjunction to the North Node. So two totally different vibes, but simultaneously happening, right? So the Sun Neptune together, right? This is a very um, you know a dreamy, visionary space. This is uh, it can be very creative in the sense that we see the bigger picture of what it is that we, you know, us, our ambition wants to move towards, um, or how we want to radiate and shine. Like what, how does that get on board with like the spiritual energy that we're encompassing and the changes that we're making? It can also be if we've been experiencing losses and grief and certain sadness, um, and kind of the difficulties there, we, might come to this understanding, right? You know, the sun shines a light on something and there is um, warmth that comes into what might have been kind of dark and cold and difficult. Uh, And just, you know, because sometimes that's what, what all that's needed to turn past a very difficult moment is we need that ray of light. We need that ray of understanding. Uh, Maybe we need to come back to ourselves in some way and realize that, we're not completely a victim of circumstance. We have our own sovereignty within difficult situations like loss and grief that none of us can get away from in life. Like none of us are going to leave this planet without experiencing some loss, some grief, some sadness, and the dissolution of things that we desire or love in life. And that's the why Neptune can be very difficult because it has those things. But there's always the spiritualization aspect of it. And a lot of times the difficult things that we go through in life that do touch on what I just described are part of our spiritualization. Um, And, you know, and we always say we'd like to reach enlightenment. But honestly, you don't reach enlightenment. At least most of us don't or I don't. I'll own it myself unless we go through these more difficult experiences that bring us to the point of it, you know, that moksha, sort of 12th house energy that we're talking about. So on one hand, we have the Sun-Neptune piece happening on Sunday. And on another hand, we have this Mercury North Node, which will perfect the following day on that Monday. Um, So let me go ahead actually and change that. 
And we'll talk about this Monday bit. So th- March 18th, you know, we just had our spiritual spiritual Sunday with the uh, the Sun-Neptune action. And then we have uh, Mercury North Node. So obviously this is a potent conjunction for a few reasons. A, because we're getting almost to Aries season. We're getting to the eclipses. Mercury is going to retrograde in Aries. So it's not going to be, I believe, the first rodeo or well, maybe it's the first rodeo, but not the only rodeo with this North Node action. And once again, we're getting to the point where Mercury is collecting the information that the sun is then going to um, follow up on with that total solar eclipse that happens April 8th. So the mind is going to be in this airy zone of your chart. It's going to be focused on the new beginnings, what's new, the, uh, you know, the enthusiastic uh, road that, you know, that kind of pioneering road of what's next um, and getting your mind on board for more future oriented, um, you know, focus, but, but doing so by being present in the moment, right? Because there's this focus on change and uh, new beginnings, but those only start in the now. Like we can't begin something by thinking about the future. It's not how it works. We have to be present in the space in the now. And so there's sort of this kind of spiritualized cooker going on, the washing machine. Let's go back to the spiritual washing machine with that sun Neptune and then Mercury conjunct the North Node. So I like this too, because look at the moon over there in Cancer, who is also squaring this position. So it's at the um, the bendings of the nodes on that Monday too. So there is this, uh, there's this mental and emotional turning point that takes place right after this Sun-Neptune conjunction. And it's going to set the stage for the airy season that is going to be highly dynamic. No doubt about that. And so really that brings us to a close um, with our, our forecast here. So Pisces season. If I had one word to describe it, right? What's my word to describe it? Oh, very basic flow. Just flow with it. If you fight the direction, if you're trying to go uphill, <laughs> are you trying to go against the current, right? I feel like, especially with the Uranian energy and the Jupiterian energy, that it's just going to be more trouble than it's worth. And it can end up being depressive and backpedaling um, and maybe even have that sort of like, oh, you know, me, why is this happening? Or um, go with the flow, go with the flow of vision, of dreams, of what could be, of what your spirit is saying uh, and how you want to take your life forward. Because this is once again, an incubatory period 
where we are transcending, where we're finding those key moments of enlightenment so that we can move to the next level of our life. And that is not always a pleasant process. It can be a very emotional one as Pisces season tends to be. We always kind of like look forward to it coming. And then when it's here, we're like, oh, what's happening? But it is, you know, think about water. It cleanses, it purifies. So just flow with what wants to come out of you and where you're being led. Um, And if you're fighting it, it's probably not going to turn out well. And if you're fighting other people, it's probably not going to turn out well. Take the, uh, I guess, the path of least resistance because Saturn is there and we can't really get away from that. And that's okay because I think that it works in our favor um, overall. Um, All right. Well, that being said, I hope you enjoyed this different sort of broadcast that I'm doing here today, a little pre-record. And if you want to connect with me for Pisces season or beyond, you can come on over to energeticprinciples.com. You can book a personal consultation uh, with me for astrology. I am also available for uh, tarot consultations. I, I keep talking about this, but I'm actually doing it this season. I'm redoing all my consultation Um options. And so there will be new options on the website here soon. And we also just an update. If you're following Tarot of Her, we've come to the prototype phase. And so we will, during Pisces season, have our prototype being uh, made up, uh, which is very exciting. And yeah, so if you want to connect with me, once again, energeticprinciples.com. You can also find me on social media at energeticprinciples on Instagram. Um, I'm always posting stories of fun things, so come connect with me there. And yeah, so I'm wishing you all the best during Pisces season. Good luck out there. And as always, may the stars be with you.